live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site completely free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And Mark returning from his week-long vacation. Well, I guess you were back Saturday night, but uh, now you're back for the entire week. Uh, till Glad I made notice. such an impression on you. So uh, so welcome back, Mark and uh, Michelle. Good to have you back here. Thank you. So uh, 800-259-9231. I know coming up, Michelle, you want to talk about what to do with the freedom. Like presuming we actually achieve liberty in our lifetime, what will we do with it? Absolutely. What, what do you do with the freedom that you have now? Well, let's talk about that here in a little bit. But first, go to the phones and the fun. Your calls, uh, you can make them, bring up anything you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. We'll start with Brody in Utah on the amp lines. Hello, Brody. Uh, hello. Hey. How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight, Brody? Yeah, well, uh, what I wanted to call and talk about uh, was uh, talking about liberty from a legal perspective. Okay. Uh, usually, uh, I think uh, you'd agree, mo- uh, most people talk about liberty from a moral perspective or a utilitarian perspective. Okay. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug his book again. Uh, I read uh, Mark Stevens' book, Adventures in Legal End, uh, about a year ago. Great book. And uh, I've uh, uh, read it a couple times now, and uh, it's really opened up my, eye, my mind to... Uh, another perspective uh, on liberty, and that's the legal perspective. And I just want to talk to you guys and your audience about a uh, a new strategy I've started using uh, after learning uh, what I've learned from reading that and watching his videos. And pretty much uh, what I do is, uh, if you don't mind me uh, taking up a few minutes here, uh, pretty much what I do is I just uh, take, for example, someone thinks I need to, I should pay taxes. And so what I do is I, I just let I just let them know, okay, well, uh, if I don't pay taxes, I'm going to go to court. And uh, when I go to court, uh, I'm going to file uh, so that uh, I'm I'm going to file as guilty, but I'm not going to sign it. And uh, when the judge, you know, asks me what's going on, I'm just going to let them know I'm not an attorney, and I just have some questions about the nature of what's going on. And. So then I, I put the person that I'm talking to in the position as a judge, and I, I just let them know, okay, you know, let's pretend you're the judge, and I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. And the first question I'm going to ask is, do I, am I entitled to a fair trial? And everyone always answers yes. Uh, and so the second question I ask is, can I get a fair trial if I don't, uh, or if there's a conflict of interest? Mm-hmm. And, of course, everyone, you know, they think for a split second, they go, well, no. And then I drop the, the million-dollar question on them, and I ask, okay, well, who do you represent? And uh, it, it's just really interesting just to see their eyes and just uh, how they, they just, uh, you know, just hit them. Uh, some of them are pretty smart and will answer the honest answer, which is the state or the city or the, the nation, whatever. The, the, not the government. Now, the government's not the same as the state. Okay. Uh, it's not. <laughs> so they, they, they uh, because, because they go by either the United States of America or their state of, you know, New Hampshire or, you know, the city of, of, uh, of Keene. That's, that's how they go by. And Brody, uh, you're, in, Brody you're in Utah, right? 
I'm in Utah, yeah. Yeah. And, Correct. And you're giving this as a hypothetical, or you there's some reason to believe that you're going to be going to court regarding your taxes? Well, I think he, what he's talking about <laughs> is how he's approaching people with the ideas of liberty. Mm-hmm. You're, you're coming at it with Correct. this. You're, que- you're asking them questions as though they're the judge, and then they get stuck on that question of, well, you know, uh, who do you represent? If the answer is the state, it sounds like there's a conflict of interest, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a hypothetical, and I am actually planning on hopefully uh, here soon not paying taxes anymore. This might be my last year to file. Um, if 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 I file, this will probably be my last year. But, is there an income but, tax in the state of Utah? There is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I won't file federal or, or state. Uh, hopefully soon. I, I gotta got get it. more information or, from Mark. Or, Are yeah. there? I've never but, lived in a place where there's a state income tax. Do they typically go after pretty vociferously the people that don't pay it? I think everyone pays it. <laughs> so. Well, actually, no. Sixty million Americans, as no. I understand, state income tax is my specific question. What? How many states don't have taxes? Uh, income taxes? Four? I don't know. Yeah, I, most have have income taxes, I believe. But I I don't know how how hard they go after people. So here. you don't I, know I, anybody I personally. You've never met anybody that you know of that doesn't pay Utah state income tax. Correct. Right. I li- I lived in Park City for a year and I didn't. So now you know someone. <laughs> yeah. One year. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure there are people that don't pay, but but uh, anyone that, that works, you know, and has your your W twos or W fours, whatever, I'm mm-hmm. sure pays. But all right, so but, back to uh, your uh, your your story about how you approach people with this and what their responses are. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, I I, I dropped the the question. I'm going to ask him. You know, who 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 do you, who do you represent? And I've had a couple. You know, go well the state and. Uh, and, and it's just interesting to watch them go, oh, yeah, I, I, I guess you can't get a fair trial. Uh, and then others will try and, and kind of weasel around it. I've had some say, you know, well, the truth or I'm neutral. And Mark, uh, Mark gives you the answer Mark to Stevens. that on, on how to, how, yeah, Mark Stevens on how to approach that. And that, and that's fine if they answer that way. And then the next question you ask is, well, who pays you? And just as soon as you ask that question, they're just like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And there's been one or two that have said, well, I'm, I'm not going to answer that because you know, it's a trapping question. It's like, okay, well, that's fine if you don't answer because there's, a re- there's an obvious reason you're not answering, and it's because of the elephant in the room, which is you work for the state, and therefore I can't get a fair trial. I represent the people. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, that, and that, that can also be a – I mean, that might be a, an option to say the people, and then you, you can always ask, well uh, – are you talking about the people in the so-called state of, let's say, you know, Utah? And, you know, they might say, well, yes, well, so I'm a person in that state, right? Well, yeah, so I'm, I'm, rep- I'm accusing myself. You're, you're representing you me talk- against me? Yeah, exactly. That's a little confusing. Uh, yeah, there's that confusing. And then, and then there's also, well, the judge, you're, you're part of the people, right? So that still makes you a party to the accuser. So Which where are you going with this, Brody? I mean, you're just saying that you think this is a good opener for uh, talking and introducing people to the ideas of freedom? I am, yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying is that I, I, I find it to be much uh, very I, – I found it to be much more effective at getting people to see the, that, that taxation is wrong. Right, right, as opposed to just yeah. making like a moral statement like saying taxation is theft, theft is wrong, as opposed to just making a right. statement like that. 
Right, exactly. So, or trying to I, argue I that... that I, I don't know that this, make, um, this points out the taxation's wrong, but it does point out that the enforcement mechanism that we have in this country is, is biased and, and uh, corrupted as a result. Right. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, it's great. Exactly. I, I, if, and, you, if you're having success with it, I think that's fantastic. It's an interesting way to take what Mark Stevens teaches uh, about how to you know, handle courtroom situations and apply it to uh, a conversation with another individual about liberty. Exactly. Yep. That's, Very good, Brody. That's all I was on to say. Congratulations. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that tonight. I'm glad it's working out for you. And uh, thank you for the call at 800 800- Two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of these airwaves. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, yeah, I like it. It seems like a good approach to me because otherwise you've got the moral approach, like you know, doing these things is wrong. It's wrong to steal, and that makes sense to me. But for some people, they just make excuses. Well, taxation isn't stealing, well, etc. Um, since this puts the essentially puts the um, judicial system on trial, this uh, the, this scenario. That's the only system that we currently have. So doesn't that say that murderers and rapists and armed robbers and those those sorts are currently not getting fair trials, too? And then, you know, I just, you know, well, what does that say to the average person that, yeah. you know, that, that uh, well, I, I don't support any of this? I still stand by the fact that I don't owe my the fruit of my labor to anyone because I'm not a slave. I concur with that, but <laughs> I, I, you know, to me, it uh, what makes more sense is just pointing out that you know slaves have to give the fruit of their labor, and I'm forced to do that, well, so I must be a slave. Right. None of these things are bulletproof or ironclad or sure. going to work with everybody. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up what you want. What would you do with your freedom? It's Free Talk Live coming up. One of the many imaginative graphic novels from BigHeadPress.com is Odysseus the Rebel, a new twist on an old story. This is not your daddy's Odysseus. BigHeadPress.com will help you spark imaginations and free minds with their enjoyable webcomics and graphic novels. Beautifully illustrated, inspirational stories will make your holiday gift-giving a mind-free experience that will be appreciated and enjoyed. Sample Odysseus the Rebel online before you buy at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can download right from the website. In fact, uh, goes back all the way as late as 2006, late 2006. Uh, archives all free for you at freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, welcome again to our listeners uh, that are listening to us this week, special in the morning on WXNT in uh, Indianapolis. And remember, That's awesome. yeah, remember you're listening to last night's show if you're listening in India in the morning. So if you want to talk to us, you can just call us after 7 o'clock tonight and then you'll hear yourself tomorrow morning. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah, exactly. So uh, our number is 800-259-9231. And re- remember, it's Free Talk Live. So you don't have to be, you don't have to know what we're talking about to necessarily call in and bring up whatever it is uh, that you want to that you want to talk about. So keep that in mind. Also, the archives are brought to you by HostGator. Yeah, HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 temple- templates there for you to choose from. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Use that portal that we've created for you, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. 
Now, I think uh, Michelle had an interesting question to ask here tonight or an interesting topic for discussion about what we're all here in New Hampshire, for instance. The, those of us on this show are here as part of the Free State Project. We moved, moved here to get together with other liberty-minded people uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And uh, there have been hundreds of people that have made the move. Three, we're three of them here in the studio tonight. And your question, Michelle, is basically, okay, so let's say we get the freedom. Then what? Not only once you get the freedom, then what? What do you do with the freedom that you have? You know, there has to be something that you're so passionate about that you're worth fighting, that it's worth fighting for for you. And so some people, I suppose, believe that freedom is is the end point but i don't i don't think so i think that that's the state in which i want to live mm-hmm. and um you know being able to for example i want to be able to travel i want to be able to trade um my goods and services without having the government dictate you know the the and permit me to do that. I want to be able to eat whatever foods I want, put whatever I want into my body. And those are kind of general things that I think most of us can agree, agree upon, you know, Mm -hmm. but the big thing for me is I was, you know, raising my children is I wanted to be able to raise them on my own terms. And I did so, but had I been caught, I would have gone to jail. You know, like I didn't get them social security numbers. I did not ask the state to permit me to um, homeschool them. And in four of the five states I lived in while I was homeschooling them, it was required that this by the state that you do so, that you register with the state. And I didn't. So I suppose I could have got caught and then I would have gone to jail. So I wasn't really free to do that. Right. You just got away with it. I got away with it. Right. So a lot of, you know, the things that I've done, I say I've lived freely. No, I just have been really lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that to me, I want that. I want people to be free to actually do those things. Me too. And you know? and I, I feel the same way. I've done a lot of things in my life that weren't all strictly legal. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I got away with them. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. However, there are millions of people who don't. And that bugs me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's not good enough for me to just look at my life and say, well, I got away with it. So that's, hey. I'm cool. Everything's fine. No, everything's not fine because I could have been one of those people. I could have been one of those people. Let's bring up cannabis, for instance, smoking cannabis. I can't, can't count how many times I've done it. And uh, there are a lot of people who end up going to jail because of this very same thing. Mm-hmm. And that really bothers me. I want people who are not harming others to be left alone. Mm-hmm. What they do after that, I don't care. Right. And so you, Ian, you go out on Mondays and Wednesdays and go to the courthouse and inform people. You have your radio show that you're, you know, it's not just three hours that you spend a day doing this. I've, you know, mm-hmm. popped in throughout the day and you're doing it all the time. All I mean, the time. He almost never takes a break. Like I mean, 12 or 15 hours a day. I mean, that's not you true. Seem to well, work okay. On tell me about the break you take. Well, I mean, I can take breaks whenever I want to. To use the bathroom? (laughs) To make food? I mean, I don't think that either one of those count because you can do those. You'd get those during your work day anyway. This isn't about how Ian is dedicated to doing free talk live. No, but I mean, you know, she was making the point, and I think that... uh, It can can occupy a lot of my time. It occupies a lot of of your time, a lot of my time, and almost all of your time. But that's my choice. Yes, absolutely. Um, And so you are taking the things that you're passionate about and doing something with them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, you know, we've been hearing that some of our friends are leaving, you know, the community or going from Keene to Manchester or whatever. And, and some are leaving New Hampshire altogether. Yes. And we want people to move here to have this exodus here and hopefully get, you know, the, the state to secede and show by example how it, it's not necessary for to be part of the federal you know, government of the United States of America. Well, mm-hmm. I think that I, I, you know, uh, Jason Sorens, the creator of the Free State Project, came up with this uh, number twenty thousand. He kind of, uh, you know, did some studying, came up with this number that he felt was an important number, and I'm sure that as part of the formula, he decided, you know, ninety percent of the people will stick and ten percent won't, or something like that. And uh, I would just assume that there had to have been an attrition rate that was built into this. And, uh, you know, the Free State Project isn't going to be for everybody. And some people are going to leave. I I personally, you know, I, I, I want them to do what's best for them in their lives. Sure, yeah. And some people move here thinking, and I don't, I can't speak for everybody, but I would imagine a lot of people come here thinking that it's going to be the utopia when they arrive or that uh, there's going to be a huge movement that uh, they'll be able to plug into. And while the movement is large, and I would say mm-hmm. it's larger than any other liberty movement around the country, that still isn't saying a whole lot because the liberty movement around the country is pretty weak and pretty spread thin all throughout America. Mm-hmm. So it's still not saying a whole lot. We're still early on here. We've got maybe 900 plus people here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State yes. Project, and those 900 people are spread all across the state. And of those 900, you know, the 80-20 rule is in effect, where 20% probably do more than the other 80%. Yep. And so, you know, you're really only looking at a couple hundred really significant uh, doers, I guess, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, and I may, maybe I'm being generous with uh, with that number. So it's it's early on, and the people that are arriving now are still essentially ground floor early mover activists and so i think people need I, I to get their above expectations ground floor but yeah i mean there's a lot of ground floor opportunities here sure, mark I sure, mean, sure, you sure. just look around there's plenty of media that can still be created that nobody's doing uh there's you know opportunities abound that well, are not being taken every other state only has ground floor opportunities new hampshire has more than ground floor opportunities true you can get involved in some existing structures uh, but there Many. should there can be more there could yeah, be sure more. there's absolutely room for more so there's a lot of growth that still needs to happen here. Absolutely. I think that people, for myself, it was important that I um, know two things as I pers- you know, pursued liberty and, and um, freedom for more than just myself. And that was what my line was, that you know, my line in the sand, what I was going to go to jail for, basically. Mm-hmm. And also why I was doing it, what was important and made me passionate about it every day. What is important and makes you passionate every day? Well, you'll have to wait until after the break. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and tell us uh, what is it that, that, you know, brings about the passion in your life and what do you want to do, you know, presuming you can actually achieve freedom. It's Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. It's 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free. So head on over, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the webcam. We've got uh, the ability for you to watch and listen to the show as well as interact with other listeners. The chat room is built into the very same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com, and you can experience that. All of it is free and brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. There's... Stock is in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. So Michelle uh, is with us here tonight and asking a good question. What do you do when you get the liberty? What What is next? Because for a lot of people, it seems like liberty is the end game. And, and I have to admit that to me, for some extent, it kind of is. Like, I'm like you, Michelle, and many of the things I've done in my life, they've been illegal, but I've gotten away with them, and so I've had liberty in that I've been left alone or I haven't gotten caught, um, but my main concern is that, well, I could have, and other people are constantly being caught up in this system and having their children taken from them and having their lives turned upside down and losing their jobs because they get arrested for you know having a plant in their pocket or a chemical or, or something like that, or others who you know might just want to put new windows into their house. And they don't want to beg for permission in order to do that. You know, simple things like this where these government guys get involved in every aspect of our lives. I think that most things that that go on would still continue to go on. All of the things that are illegal, like drug use happening now. And we know that during prohibition, alcohol, alcohol prohibition, people continued to drink. It just got I think more, more so, actually. Yeah. Well, actually, it got more dangerous because uh, hard liquor was introduced in the same way that during the war on drugs, uh, crack cocaine and meth were meth, introduced. Yeah. Not to mention uh, ba- bathtub liquor. Mm-hmm. Bathtub yep. gin. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so ending prohibition or getting the government out of these areas, those things still go on. They're just safer. People are able to do them without the the same risk, not just to their health, but the risk of going to a cage, uh, for instance. So I guess I'm just I just want to stop the violence, Michelle. I mean, I don't have any real plan for what I would do. I'd still do free talk live because odds are good people will still not be free somewhere. And we can still talk about things. It doesn't have to be freedom. This is an open phones uh, show. You can call in and talk about anything. So I'd imagine we'd start hearing more about uh, companies and what they're doing and consumer issues and, and things like that. Like, you know, what yes. are, what would become important to the listeners of this program in the absence of the state? Like if, if tomorrow the state just disappeared, we'd still have things that we could talk about and things that we could focus on that are important in people's lives that, uh, that they want to discuss and, and things that could improve to, uh, to make their lives better. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy just having somebody to spend time with, play some video games, and uh, enjoy the occasional mind-altering substance. Right. So right. it doesn't take a whole lot to make me happy. I just don't like the idea that there's this axe ho- hanging over my head uh, called the government that's co- possibly going to destroy my life over some of the things that, that I might enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think we've been accused, and I say we because, you know, I've been to the 420 events and the nightcaps, you know, so I include myself in the we um, regarding that. So, as I said, we've been accused of, of being people who just want to, you know, smoke pot and go topless. And and 
I think that's kind of funny because it's such a small part really of mm-hmm. what's going on. You know, it's, it's a, it's easy to poke fun at that or whatever, but before earlier you asked me what I was so passionate about that makes me get up every day and, and fight for freedom, et cetera. And, and it's my kids, you know, I have three teenagers who, um, they don't remember what it's like to board a plane without having to strip. I, used to walk uh, at John Wayne airport in Santa Ana, California. I would walk from my dad's car to the plane. I didn't even go through a gate or I didn't go through a building or whatever, nothing. Mm -hmm. And, um, the tarmac was, you know, the planes were just right out there. You could just walk right through the, the cyclone fence wave to the, you know, John Wayne statue and off you go. And, um, and if you weren't checking any bags and that's what you did. And, and, uh, on the small planes, you could just hand the bags to the, you know, the guys, and they just popped him in right there. So I'm 43, and that was taking place, you know, 30-something years ago. Mm-hmm. But my kids have no experience at that. Um, and so for me, I want greater and greater liberties for everyone, but specifically for them, you know? And, um, right. Well, and I want, I want greater liberties for everybody, too, because I see that that's going to be good for all of us in the long run. If if everyone is unencumbered by the, the government and its regulations, mm-hmm. then there's all kinds of wonderful things that could come about. Uh, there are things that the government, for instance, might feel very um, anti. They'd be very upset with uh, people for coming out with. So, for instance, you know, as we see the uh, technology sector melding with the medical sector and, and watching as you know we approach possibly the singularity where uh, computers well, the government's take on- already involved in areas like uh, you know stem cell research and stuff like that. I mean, we saw during the Bush administration, I don't know what's going on with stem cells now under Obama, but during the Bush administration, you know, the they wanted sci- to stop it. it. Essentially, it was all the government funding was being stopped, and science has gotten so wrapped up in government funding that essentially it's the only funding it gets. So stem cell research was uh, stopped. That doesn't mean that I I advocate uh, government funding for no. um, you know stem cell research. But I just don't believe that uh, it's the, throwing off the market. Yeah, it's it's throwing off the uh, the consumer's demand and the supply and and all of the uh, the market signals that would be involved in doing scientific research. And so I'm excited about what could be created that I can't envision in the absence of the government. Okay, so then that leads to another thought then, and that is what about simply all of us who love liberty creating things uh, that compete with the state so that we can essentially do away with the state uh, incrementally, in, at the, in, as opposed to voting it out, you mm-hmm. know, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's kind of the agorist approach, mm-hmm. and I think it's a fine idea. It's just that when are you go, where are you going to find the people who have the time and capital to invest mm-hmm. in competing with an agency that can actually steal its operating budget? Right. I, I don't even know that it's – I don't personally think it's that great of an idea because we have that. Like, that's occurred. That has happened ever since they started public school. There have been – agorist schools out there that have existed without government funding that people choose to send their kids to. And we see what the result is. The result is that 95 plus percent of the marketplace chooses to use the free quote unquote government service and they uh, choose not to use the superior and everybody knows it superior uh, marketplace service. So they'd have to pay twice. 
because they'd have to pay to pay twice. So right. I just I, I feel like if you start a fire department that is for private, uh, you know, it happened in California. I believe that uh, there there's a, a fire service. Like yeah, very expensive houses have well, private fire protection. Generally, the the, the very rich people um, that send their kids to private school too, and those that really want their kids to succeed. Um, so I mean, you're going to have teachers. Yeah. And government school teachers. And so I think you're going to cut out that marketplace, the people that want their kids to uh, succeed, the people that see how inefficient it is, because mostly fire departments manage to get the fires put out and kept from spreading to other houses. So I would argue that the education of their children is not very valuable to those people. I, I, okay. I mean, you can you can argue that if you'd like. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. I don't know. To me, um, I wanted my son to be educated in a homeschool environment, and I wanted that for a very long time, uh, you know, because I felt like it, that was going to be the best He's environment. Only two. I <laughs> wanted it before. He, I know, but I mean, are we starting? Like, is he sitting down right now doing his ABCs? He absolutely. My God, he has his ABCs nailed down. <laughs> in several languages. He can read uh, um, words down, 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 and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we're already homeschooling. So, I mean, you know, I wanted to homeschool before he was ever born or thought of or anything like that. I just believed in homeschooling. Yeah. So but the trick there is I think it's a, I think it's an OK idea, Michelle. But the trick is getting people to actually do what you're talking about, because mm-hmm. who wants to invest? What kind of capitalist or uh, investor wants to actually invest in competing with a monopoly? I would like the- some capitalist investors to call in and tell us yeah. <laughs> Compete with a criminal gang. I mean, 800-259-9231. They can steal their budget. They can steal more and more every year to fund themselves, and you can't. And you have to compete with that? It's pretty tough. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you want to help support the show, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You get the shopping done that you need to do. Get the stuff you want, the stuff you need. Amazon.freetalklive.com likely has whatever it is you're looking for. They've got dozens of categories and a whole lot of items. Free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new stuff. And you can even buy used. So start your shopping at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Michelle. And Mark. All right. So the question's still on the floor if you want to answer it. Otherwise, you can bring up whatever you want about what what are you going to do? What are your plans? What, What will you do differently, if anything, with your life? If we actually do achieve, or when perhaps, we achieve liberty in our lifetime. We get these government people that want to control every aspect of our lives off our backs. Would things change for you, and in what way? Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Is that pretty much the question, Michelle, or is there more to it that you wanted to clarify? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a sufficient question. And, and also, I guess I would add to that, what is... 
what are you passionate enough about that you're worth that it's worth fighting for liberty and freedom? I don't like the idea of fighting, and I haven't touched on this yet. You've mm. mentioned the term a couple times. I don't like the idea of fighting. Fighting suggests conflict, and I don't much care for getting into conflict with people. I prefer to avoid conflict and end conflict. But um, when someone is trying to take away your freedom mm-hmm. and you don't want them to take that, are you willing to fight them? To fight physically? Um, oh, well. No, I'm not. I, I don't think that fighting actually gets you where you want to go. I think that, uh, you know, violence uh, creates violence. Violence begets more violence. And I guess what, I don't think in terms of fighting necessarily being violent. What you so, resist persists. And physical. What you resist persists. I think it makes more sense to refuse to obey. And if somebody wants to call that fighting, then that's fine. But I don't feel like I'm conflicting with anybody mm. when I'm refusing to obey them. Uh, that's just me going about my business, being as free as I possibly can. They're the ones that are trying to fight. They're the ones that are the aggressors. They're the ones that are bringing okay. violence. So I think I was just probably fighting? using. I, okay, so I agree. I stand yeah. corrected. I think that you used better terminology than I did. So uh, let's get your thoughts at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want as well. Scott is in Texas. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Scott? You're on with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Uh, hey, Michelle, Mark. Uh, what I was going to say was basically, you know, the biggest one of the biggest stories that had been on the news for so long, and I'm just about fed up with the news uh, because we all know that it's uh, basically the uh, – platform for the stabilization of either left or right and we know that the left and the right are basically an illusion uh, when it comes down to either the democratic party or the republican party um so i can just about say that i don't care for the news anymore mm-hmm. but i can tell you this from watching infowars.com obviously uh with the alex jones show one of the major issues that i was looking at was like with, with uh assange from with the wikileaks um, my big deal was, to me, I think it's, I don't know if you could actually, I want to coin the terminology here, but I think it's a baited conspiracy. Uh, what is a baited behind, conspiracy? And what is a baited well, I, conspiracy? Well, baited conspiracy is used, basically, I, I would think, as something to uh, basically uh, sort of gravitate a collective group of people, a.k.a. us, as the United States, or any free uh, or what we would consider, you know, uh, us being free as a nation, to try to get. Basically, it's, it's like this, and I'm 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 having a little bit difficult time. Sorry, but uh, what I think the WikiLeaks basically was uh, brought out for uh, how how when it was all of these these documents were exposed through WikiLeaks mm-hmm. was basically to try to get as many people to download them onto their computers. That way, that possibly, possibly uh, being uh, traced uh, back to a particular computer, like say in your home or my home as, as well, if we were to download those documents, it's it's great fuel for the police state. That's you know, pretty paranoid. That's yeah, pretty I mean, paranoid. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, that's possibly something they could use. You know, who knows? Uh, I, I'm not saying that, you know, that, that we're, you know, on the cusp of that, basically. I mean, but, I that, mean, yeah, what you're suggesting is. is a conspiracy that uh, would, would basically, you're suggesting that everybody that downloads the WikiLeaks documents and is mirroring those files, and there are a thousand, over a thousand websites mirroring them now, and there are probably several thousand sure. people 
that are actually actively mirroring the torrents or, or seeding the torrents of these files. You're saying you believe it was all some grand scheme from the government to track down dissenters and crush them? Possibly so. I mean, who knows? You know, I, I, I mean, you know, they've, they've already tried to, you know, with Walmart, with Janet Napolitano, uh, the director of Homeland Security, you know, telling you to watch suspicious activity. You know things well, like that installing. What you, well, hold on a second. Go let's 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 sure. go down the paranoid uh, rabbit hole here just for a moment and sure. and kind of sure. fill in the details of your your fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it that you believe is is holding them back from going ahead now and going after those people? You think they just want to ID them, or what? What do you believe they're doing with this information? You know, if if you look now, there's uh, countless names now that are on the. Uh, uh, Home, homemade, what, what they call, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the watch list, I mean, the terrorist watch list, yeah, the, the no-fly list. list. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so so who's to say, you know, that they're not watching this? You know what I mean? Uh, so well, let, let them it. watch. I mean, I, I, post, exactly. I post things online at uh, the Free Keen Forum. A lot of people post things yeah. there about what they're going to do for activism. We know that the cops are watching. We know for a fact yeah. uh, they're watching. So what? Yeah, I, you know, and and I understand that. You know, but are you concerned my, my, they're going to round everybody up and put them in a gulag or what? I mean, what what's your concern? Who's to say? You know, with the FEMA camps that are that are beginning to uh, uh, quote unquote so appear. Would your suggestion be? What would your suggestion be to those people who are mirroring these files that they should stop? No, just you know, be very weary. Mm-hmm. You know, be 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 careful. You know, because you you never know what there's a possibility that. To the extent that these people may try to, you know, to to get this well, started. Any, any no time. way, no way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna live in fear. No way. Yeah. No, I'm not <laughs> Good for you, Michelle. I agree. Well, so, so, so here's what I here's what I think about sort of the uh, the conspiracy mindset in general is it it is it tends to be very insular. Like we we a small group of people know the secret, and we and a large group of people don't, and. It seems to me that the WikiLeaks uh, situation is not something that couldn't have happened. It seems like a very likely scenario that somebody would get sick and tired of what the government's doing, leak a bunch bunch of documents – a website would, you know, somebody who cares about free speech would say, okay, we're going to put up a website where we leak documents and that all this could have happened. And yeah. sort of the conspiracy theorists tend to find any news item and then find out and then and then decide, how is this being corrupted by the government? You know, and then they'll, 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 they'll just come up with a story. I mean, this yeah. seems very, very likely to me. Um, and what seems likely? That they just come up with something? Yeah, that they, that's something that Bradley Manning, well, we don't even know that for sure. That WikiLeaks leaked these documents. They were leaked by a whistleblower in the government, and you know that's just that, and and it is what it is on the face. Whereas it would, what's more, what's more fun is to come up with a really cool story wrapped around it that includes espionage, right. backstabbing. Aliens from all, outer space or you, whatever. Right, and that's all that you really have, Scott, is just this theoretical story. You don't have any evidence to back up your assertions. No, and no, what you're like asserting I say, I mean, is it, that it, it, is a, it is a theory. Right, you know and what, what you're and, and your theory is leading toward the idea, like like you said, you know, just be careful, watch your back, yeah, look over exactly. your shoulder, and, and it's not it's not something. It, it leads you know, to paranoia. It leads it, to you know hiding out and doing nothing and hiding in your mom's yeah. basement. Well, I mean, at, at, you know, if if you're in your mom's basement and they kick the door in, 
it's a little too late by then. But I'm just saying, you know, as far as, you know, the, the, just the theory of being, you know, be careful of, of, you know, what you browse on the Internet as far as, you know, things like Oh, I'm a dangerous girl. I'm a very... In fact, I posted something on Facebook the other day about my son who's underage rolling me a joint Mm. and and including that in my my Christmas gift, (laughs) whatever. I appreciate the concern, uh, Scott, but you have to understand that in order to uh, do things that will possibly shake the foundations of the state to achieve liberty in our lifetime... Risk is going to be involved, and uh, certainly I understand there's something to be said for being cautious about these things. Uh, and I've certainly seen people not being cautious, and I've, I've it does thought seem that was unwise. a mistake. Um, so I agree with you to some extent. You should be careful about what you do, but at the same time, if you want to see change, you also have to accept that risk-taking will be necessary for that. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I personally don't care if they know what I'm doing because I'm not plotting any violence. That's my biggest concern. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. There is low... As $535 double occupancy, go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com main feature actually allows you to control the content of the website. So everything you see there on the front page uh, the main page, main, main portion of the page, was created by listeners like you. As you're surfing around the web, you find something that's interesting that you want to share with our other listeners. You just submit it as show prep. It shows up on our website, and then other people vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. We're going to get right to the calls here in a moment, but uh, Michelle, at the end of the last hour, you kind of were you wanted to call me out on something I'd said, but we ran out of time. So <laughs> what was what was your intention there? I know you just cut me off. Uh, well, I think what you said was, uh, we're talking about being, being cautious about uh, what you do. The government could be watching. Somebody had called in, uh, with kind of this paranoid view, viewpoint that, uh, WikiLeaks is just this big, you uh, said you weren't, you, we weren't concerned that you just go about your business and you, you're not, you don't care what, if they see what you're looking at or see what you're doing. Right. Well, I, I kind of presume to some extent that they are. Um, I, I mean, obviously, privacy is important, uh, but on the other hand, I don't go crazy trying to – thank you for allowing me to clarify this. I don't go crazy trying to go ultra-private, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm public. You know, I'm a public personality. There's, there's only so much hiding behind anything that I can do. I mean, I would call you a celebrity. Well, minor, <laughs> maybe. Ultra-minor celebrities. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we are. Uh, as minor as I can possibly be. <laughs> And uh, so, to some extent, you know, we, this isn't the Ian show, right? So we're not talking all about me and what I do and all of that. But on the other hand, I expect that, you know, 
as an activist as well as a talk show host, there are going to be some eyes of the government types that might be focused on me and, and what I'm doing. Yes. And so I tend to plan my activism, for instance. Most of it I plan it publicly. And there are a lot of people that disagree with that. They say, you need to have secrecy. You need to have a secret mm. forum with secret access and secret people and secret codes and secret names and secret this and secret that. And I'm just like, no, I, I just don't care if they know what I'm doing as far as the things I'm doing that could threaten their legitimacy, the things I'm doing that could uh, you know, put a, a dampener on the, the state and, and how effective it is. I, I'm not so concerned with that. I understand why people want secrecy, and I understand I think there's some, some value to it as well, but I think that some people are obsessed over it. And they they want to lock down everything they do and lock out, you know, only let certain people in and et cetera, et cetera. Well, what happens when you go through all of that difficulty, all of that effort to create this secret society or group or whatever of activists or whatever it is you're doing, and then you're infiltrated by somebody? What what good has all of your preparation been then? Right. You can't have a secret if you let people in on it. You have to let people in on it to be effective. Then what's the point? Right. The reason why I'd asked for clarification was I don't remember verbatim what your line was, but it sounded very similar to what I hear people say uh, when I talk to them about the USA Patriot Act, for example, and the the uh, outcome of that and how, you know, cameras can be in your home up to, I think, 29 days without mm-hmm. by the government without it being reported to you, et cetera, or what's going on with TSA or the cameras, you know, on street corners, et cetera. <clears throat> Pardon me. Then it sounded like they were saying, well, if you've got nothing to hide, then. Right. And that's what actually what people people have said. They said, well, I have nothing to hide and I want them to get the bad guys. So if I have nothing to hide, then why should I worry? Well, everybody has something to hide. They've all got personal, private things in their life. My, I got a my, lot to hide. My life is an op- my life is not an open book. Right. Right. So I don't just hand out all my passwords to everybody and say, "Go ahead and jump into my email account and have fun." Here's my Facebook. Uh, yes. You know, etc. Um, that and no, no, nobody really does that in general for for good reason. You know, you've got private uh, communications, but we also understand. I understand that by using a venue like a Facebook, I know that the federal government, should they want to read my Facebook messages and see who I've been talking to or whatever, all they have to do is go to Facebook and say, we'd like to read Ian Freeman's uh, Facebook messages. Let's, uh, okay, sure, whatever you say, Mr. Government agent, here you go. You don't even need a warrant. Here, come on in. We'll just let you in and uh, we'll, you know, you can do and look at whatever you want. Same thing with Google. If uh, Same thing with any corporation. If the government comes in and they want to see your information, they're going to see it. So if I really, really, really want to obsess over, over privacy, then I need to get more private. I need to spend more time and effort and, and uh, encode and encrypt and, and do all kinds of different things to make sure that my communications and everything that I do is completely wrapped up and shut down and, and private. And uh, to me, you know, I just, I'm not that concerned, right? Like, I'm concerned right. enough to not give out my passwords to everybody. But on the other hand, I also understand that by using something like Gmail, it's inherently going to be available to the the law enforcement types if that if that's what they want to do yes and my point being i i'm not planning violence i'm not a violent person so there's if they go in there they're going to find out that you know i emailed my girlfriend or whatever it is i'm doing um that they're, they're going to learn those things but they're not going to find out about some kind of bomb plot because i don't do that and if i were going to be growing pot or something like that which i'm not but if i were going to be doing that i certainly wouldn't be talking about those things in uh, in an in a if you're going to do that you shouldn't talk to anybody about it ever right in an insecure venue and you're correct mark the more people you talk to about growing marijuana the more likely you are to get arrested 
I think it's like you talk to three people, you're pretty much going to get arrested. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the statistics are on it. Or robbed. You could get robbed. Chances too. are so the chances just skyrocket upon telling people. Right. So what brought us to this was the the guy talking about WikiLeaks being a conspiracy by the government to uh, you know infiltrate, uh, act, you know I guess find people that might like the ideas of freedom of the press and free speech and things like that and. I think that what's far more important to the I think that's wrong and I think what's far more important to the government it is veil of legitimacy. The reason that the government kept those pictures of that uh, Apache gunship murdering innocent people in the streets of Iraq, just shooting people that were going to help were trying to help other people just uh, and and you know all these videos uh, and all this information that's showing how many civilians died in Iraq and Afghanistan. That's the last thing they want to get out. That they, the, all the government has at this point is a thin, torn veil of legitimacy protecting them from just the outraged citizens. And they're, the last thing they're going to do is release more information. To me, this, uh, this, uh, you know, the, the supposition here that this was a, uh, some kind of conspiracy theory, to me, in fact, shows the mindset of the conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. It shows how it is that they want to na 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 I know something you don't know and they they want to be the guy that knows something that somebody else doesn't know and it just you know <laughs> hunting down that piece of information spreading it around or whatever it doesn't it doesn't accomplish it, um you know anything i think that this, this i guess that goes back to my initial question is what do you want to do with your freedom right you know, and, and when when we've accomplished that, Alex Jones will no longer have a job. You know? I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, he's great like at the pol- police state stuff. Yeah. Um, and if there's no police state, well, there'd be nothing to report on. Well, but uh, <laughs> There could be conspiracy theories in big companies. Right. That's what I was going to suggest is that, I mean, we're not a conspiracy show, uh, but in the absence of the state, it's, it's easy to talk about the state and what they do because they do horrible things to people, to innocent people. And in a free marketplace, it's not going to be utopia. We know right. there are still going to be people who are greedy and there are still going to be people who are willing to lie and to injure cheat people. And, and, yeah. yeah. And so outing those people publicly will be very important and talking about how to be a smart, smart uh, consumer or whatever, whatever it is that people will find interesting. I mean, I, I hope that we don't end up talking about Britney Spears having her 20th baby. Um, I mean, that's not something that I find too 20 important. 20 babies would be a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, it's been I done. I don't expect us to have freedom anytime soon, so maybe she'll right. have a whole bunch of babies by that time. You get my point, though. The pop yes. culture that yes. uh, doesn't particularly interest me is uh, is relevant, but there will still be relevant things in our lives at that time. It just hopefully won't be who got elected to city council and that kind of mm-hmm. silly nonsense. Well, so much of the the news is uh, centered around the government and it its sure edi- edicts and its its personalities, and it makes good sense. These uh, you know organized criminals have a great deal of sway in our lives. No wonder people want to talk about them and what they're what's going on with them. So I hope that cleared it up. Perfectly, yeah. Crystal. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live.
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink, providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website as well at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. The bulletin board system is one of those features that allows you to get interactive with our other listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com. It is totally free, bbs.freetalklive.com. Are you on any medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off. And they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. Click become a member on the left side of the page. They'll, uh, their customer service there is excellent. I've, I've been through the process, called them up, uh, you know, pretended to be a customer. Also, I've been to their offices. They're good folks. They're not going to hard sell you or sell you garbage. It's meds.freetalklive.com. These are the actual name brand medications from around the world at discounts. Viagra, Cialis, Amplify, Boniva, Lipitor, Nexium, Zetia, doesn't matter. Meds.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. According to the LA Times, juries are giving pot defendants a pass. Reporting from Seattle, it seemed a straightforward case. A man with a string of convictions and a reputation as a drug dealer was going on trial in Montana for distributing a small amount of marijuana found in his home. If only the court could find jurors willing to send someone to jail for selling a few marijuana buds. The problem began during jury selection last week in Missoula when a potential juror said she would have a real problem convicting someone for selling such a small amount. But she would follow the law if she had to, she said. A woman behind her was adamant. I can't do it, she said, prompting the judge to excuse her. Another juror raised a hand. The judge recalled and said, I was convicted of marijuana possession a few years ago and it ruined my life. Excused. The one... Uh, Then one of the people in the jury box said, tell me, how much marijuana are we talking about? If it was a pound or a truckload or something like that, okay, but I'm not going to convict someone of the sale with two or three buds, the judge said. And at that point, four or five additional jurors spontaneously raised their hands and said, me too. Mm. Now, I know that uh, I think our Sunday guys might have told this story, so I apologize if I'm duplicating this, but I think it's a really important case. Uh, by the time, uh, by that time, the judge knew he had a jury problem. I was thinking maybe I'll have to call a mistrial. He said, "We've got a lot of." <laughs> so he doesn't care what the jurors think about this. And you know that the idea is is the jury should be able to judge the law based on its own merits. Mm-hmm. That's you know, that's a thousand years of uh, of of justice. And there. the idea is that they work for the people, right? So if you've got a whole bunch of jurors here that are the people and they're saying, we don't want to convict for this, that he should just say, well, let's throw this out. But no, he wants to call a mistrial so he can select another jury. Yes. Because he wants to get a conviction. Because he wants to put bodies in jail cells because, well, you aren't his boss. 
that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, he said, we've got a lot of citizens, obviously, that are not willing to hold people accountable for sales in small amounts or at least have some deep misgivings about it. And I think if I excuse a quarter or a third of a jury panel just to get people who are willing to convict, is that really a fair representation of the community? I mean, people are supposed to be tried by a jury of their peers. The Missoula court's dilemma was unusual, yet it reflects a phenomenon that prosecutors say they're increasingly mindful of as marijuana use wins growing legal and public tolerance. Some jurors may be reluctant to convict for an offense that many people no longer regard as serious. It's not on a level where it's become a problem, but we'll hear, I think marijuana should be legal, I'm not going to follow the law, said Mark Lindquist, a prosecuting attorney in Pierce County, Washington. We tell them we're not here to debate the laws. We're here to decide whether or not somebody broke the law. Yes, that is what they tell them. And they are not telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Right. The judicial system so help me God. is allows the jury is the final check on laws and it has been taken away from the American people. And the reason is, is because those that are in the judicial system don't believe that you have the brains to, to be able to rule yourself. Well, our betters, the uh, the law, the legislators, the wise, wise, brilliant legislators have come up with these laws. I mean, how could you little people, how could you possibly know what's right and wrong in comparison to our hallowed ones? That's how they feel. Yeah. So and so this story is more about just the general aspect, not just the not the one Missoula case, which is what our uh, Sunday show guys uh, talked about. The general aspect of people basically refusing to go along with this anymore they're just saying no more of this we we've had it we're not going to play by your rules that you're you're handing down to us and you're absolutely right mark it's called jury nullification when somebody who's on a, a jury actually says not guilty because of their conscience not guilty because they think the law itself is bad which it then can be used as precedent for future cases as well which is a nice Really? That, yes. Oh, well, that is nice. We need to see it happen more often, though. And and maybe this is the beginning of a trend. But federal authorities, by the way, by the way, they, they do mention here that uh, medical marijuana has been approved in a number of states, over a dozen. Including Montana. Yeah. But federal authorities have continued to pursue prosecutions in those states, prompting increasing calls among drug law reform advocates for juries to follow their consciences and refuse to convict. A legal concept known as jury nullification. Hey, good for L- the L.A. Times for At actually for using the term. Yeah. Right? Talking about this in, a, you know, a nationwide piece here. Uh, it was widely used during Prohibition and in the Jim Crow era in the South. Right. Well, I'm glad that they mentioned the Jim Crow era because, unfortunately, the Jim Crow era, in a lot of cases, they uh, this was to find pe- white people who had done crimes to black people not guilty for their, um, you know, committing the crimes. Also, I'd like to point out that in the North, juries wouldn't convict uh, people that helped escaping slaves. So, like the Underground Railroad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, jury nullification has a spotted and checkered past in its use for justice. But that doesn't change the fact that it is a right when it comes, you know, I guess a right. it's supposed to be a power of the people in this in the judicial system. Alan St. Pierre, the executive director for the National Organization for Reform of Marijuana Laws, or NORML, says this is one of the first times in a number of years there's a general discussion around this powerful but rarely used jury tool. But going back 20 years plus, there's been some tumult in the courts where the issue is cannabis and the person being prosecuted wants to turn to the jury and say, yes, I'm guilty, and here's why. The phenomenon is difficult to measure, they say, or he said, because the term jury nullification is rarely invoked. Defendants with substantial evidence against them are simply acquitted or the jury's deadlock. 
And Ian Goodnow, the deputy chief of staff for the King County Prosecutor's Office in Seattle, had this to say. Sometimes we're not told what the reason was, whether it was nullification or they just had a factual question about the case. We just don't know. And part of that reason might be because the Fully Informed Jury Association, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I believe they recommend against mentioning that term. If you get on a jury, they, I believe, suggest you not mention jury nullification when you're back, for instance, deliberating with the other jurors as to your reason for coming back with a not guilty. And it seems counter, it seems counterintuitive, right, when, you, when, when we would look at that and say, well, why wouldn't you want to mention it? Why wouldn't you want to explain to the other jurors what jury nullification is? It's apparently because in some areas that they're so firmly against the idea of jury nullification in those courts that if they find out that you are a nullifier, there's a chance you could end up with like a contempt of court charge or perhaps they'll just throw the case right out and throw start it out over. as a trial and start over. So It started with the 1895 decision of Sparf versus U.S. where they held that a trial jury has no responsibility to inform the jury of the right of jury nullification. Yep, they've pretty much been papering over jury nullification for uh, well over 100 years, and uh, you're right about that. More coming up here uh, with your thoughts. Welcome at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231 and bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. More about jury nullification coming up in moments. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. Coming up later on, you're going to have a chance to win a two-pack of the Toda Sack. But before you call the win, you might want to know what it is. Well, if you want to know what the Toda Sack is, you can go to totasack.us. That's T-O-T-A-S-A-K dot U-S. And it's, well, you'll, you'll find what you get there. You find there you're a completely recycled sort of uh, plastic hook that uh, you carry grocery bags with. It's a retail grocery bag carrier. It's for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home so that you don't have to make multiple trips. It's awesome. Once you've used one, uh, I think you'll you'll find that your life is uh, incomplete without it. That's you how won't I go feel. back. Yeah, yeah. I gave uh, I gave everybody uh, the you know during Christmas everybody got uh, a pair of Toda sacks, including I, me. Yep, yep. You got some Toda sacks. I think they're great. T o t a s a k dot u s. No c in Toda sack. Toda sack dot u s. All right, so we're going to continue here with the Los Angeles Times actually reporting on jury nullification, starting out by telling us about the Missoula case that just recently occurred where basically they couldn't pick a jury. They couldn't even get to the point of nullifying because the jurors were essentially nullifying in advance of actually getting on the jury. They were just saying out loud in the courtroom that, uh, yeah, I, I can't convict somebody for this. And so uh, they, they kept throwing people off the jury. They threw off <laughs> too many people. They couldn't go forward with that particular trial. Now, I think I heard, and they don't mention it here, but I think I heard that the guy ended up taking a plea deal after that. 
after sitting in a courtroom. They probably didn't even know. <laughs> well, the, uh, I guess they aren't are you there, there when yeah, the voir dire I, yeah, happens. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. Sorry. So you know, I don't. I'm not privy to all the details of the of the case, but we do know that they, at the very at the very least, the first time they gave it a shot, uh, they weren't able to pick juries because or a jury because people just they weren't having it. They're tired of these marijuana laws and they aren't willing to convict a you know individual who's not a criminal for selling it in this case. Now, somebody made the statement, well, if it was a whole truckload, then I would do it. What's the difference? What's the difference between a few buds and a truckload of it? I mean, well, it's the same plant. I, I, Somebody's got to sell a, the truckload. There's a difference because, um, the, you know, v- drug dealers have been vilified, and I think to some extent for good reason. There are some very bad drug dealers out there. Just because you have a truckload of marijuana doesn't mean you're a bad person. It does not mean that, but it means that you're more likely to be a dealer than you are to be an in-consumer. People are but con- we're talking about a guy who was dealing. He was selling small amounts amounts of pot. I think in this case it was a possession charge, wasn't it? Mm, no, he had been so. convicted in the past of a small, um, a small time possession, but or of dealing. Nope, but. he was going on trial for distributing a small amount of marijuana. Okay. So uh, we're people think about- that small amounts are better than large amounts. I know it's silly. Doesn't it, make any sense. Wasn't it uh, three grams though? That I don't was have sixteenth of an ounce. I don't have the details here, but the, he was being charged with distribution. So even if it was three grams, if he had all three grams bagged up into three different baggies, then that's a distribution charge. Right. That's typically how they do it. Mm-hmm. Even if he was going to just smoke it all himself. Even what if was, he bought three grams? It's possible that he bought three different uh, types and wanted to have a variety pack or something like well, that. Well, what if he the the, the dealer only had three ty- three gram bags and okay, I'll take them all. There's that possibility, Mark. You're right. That doesn't mean they won't charge you with distribution. Uh, distribution. Yes, I understand right. what their uh, their little system is. So, uh, so they're talking about jury nullification, and uh, they're interviewing Alan St. Pierre from the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, and, and some prosecutor from the King County, Washington, uh, prosecutor's office in Seattle. Some prospective juror said that prosecutor will honestly tell us that they don't think they can follow the law because they think the law is wrong and should be changed. At that point, we ask the judge to consider dismissing them. As attitudes change more and more, that's a problem we could face in trying cases to a jury. You could have that issue trying before a judge, too, if a judge has a strong opinion on the validity and necessity of those kinds of laws. Uh, Now, ideally, if you're going to do jury nullification, you should probably keep your mouth shut about it in advance and do your best to get on the jury that way you can actually be there when the decision is made rather than blabbing early on like these folks did. These people don't know about jury nullification. Right. They just know what's right in their mind and they say, you know, they were honest uh, to the prosecutor types about what they felt was right. If you can somehow keep that information under wraps and get through the voir dire process, it's much more valuable if you actually nullify in the jury deliberation phase. Right. If you want to do jury nullification as activism, then it may be it may be a better idea to keep your mouth shut. But how do you answer those questions, right? Well, how do you feel about marijuana? I don't I wouldn't know how you would go about that. You would you lie? Because that wouldn't be good. You'd be perjuring yourself and they could like pull up a forum post where you're talking about how you believe in pot. So there may not be if they ask the right questions and you are honest, then well, there may could, be no way to avoid it. There's always ways to answer things that uh, you know do not look. I I'm against anybody who is breaking the law or whatever. I mean, you can you can say whatever it is you want to say. Um, I you know I, I don't know. That you could say I will response. uphold the law and journalification is the law, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, under, <laughs> right. I uh, un, under no circumstances will I not uphold the law. <laughs> there you go, Mark. That's good stuff.
Uh, so and, you figured and the, it out. I didn't. And the folks at uh, really, you should go to Fiji.org to learn more about the Fully Informed Jury Association to learn more about jury nullification. I imagine they have even better suggestions in some of their pamphlets and their brochures, and they're available all for free at Fija F I J A dot org. So uh, St. Pierre, this is again the guy from Normal said he was convinced that's what happened in the case of Northern California pot activist Ed Rosenthal, we've had, on the, we've had on this show, by the way, whose conviction on federal charges in 2003 prompted prosecutors to seek a six-and-a-half-year sentence. Rosenthal instead was sentenced by U.S. District Judge Charles Breyer to a single day, in part reflecting the dismay of eight jurors who said after the trial that they would have voted to acquit Rosenthal if they had known that his pot was intended for medicinal use. The judge nullified the law, St. Pierre said. He totally ignored the sentencing guidelines. Last year in Illinois, which has no medical marijuana law, Vietnam veteran Lauren Swift, who says he uses marijuana to relieve pain and post-traumatic stress, was charged in LaSalle County after police found 25 pounds of marijuana and 50 pounds of marijuana plants in his home. He was acquitted after only two hours of jury deliberations. Some of the jurors got up and they started hugging the guy, said the deputy prosecutor. It's becoming an increasing problem. People just don't seem to care about marijuana cases anymore, said Brian Town, the LaSalle County prosecuting attorney. Oh, yeah, right. Boo hoo. <laughs> it's it's so a funny. problem. People don't care about our laws. <laughs> well, maybe you should stop enforcing them. Well, this just goes to show the uh, the real conundrum that it comes with the state. The state wants very badly to convict people for for you know stepping over its laws, but. In this circumstance, when it comes to marijuana, people are laughing behind their their hands at the state. <laughs> you know, it's just so absolutely ludicrous when you're talking about people under the age of 65. A majority of them have used this substance and the state wants to. Well, they want to throw people in jail. They want to give big old fines. They want to do whatever it takes. And. People are just chuckling at them and their stupid laws. They are actually harming themselves and their own legitimacy. I was at the hospital, um, oh, four or five days ago. I, I went in with this terrible ear infection, and and um, I had, went to the emergency room, and, and I was in a partitioned area. And this man came in. I had no idea how old he was. I just knew he was an elderly man, and he had heart troubles and, and everything. And he was very clear and, and um, was explaining what you know drugs he was taking, et cetera, and and talking about his wife and and about her condition of some sort, and they said, "Yeah, you, he said, you know, um, we it was suggested to us that we try marijuana." And the nurse said, "No, no, no, you don't want to do that." And I was just listening, you know, dying to jump in there mm-hmm. and say, "Yes, you do." And um, and he said, "Well, actually, you know," and he started. He sounded pretty educated about it, like he'd actually been doing some research. Come to find out, the man's he was ninety one years old. Wow. <laughs> And he looked like he was 60, really fit, really into health and, and healthy. But he, um, he told me as we were chatting the list of drugs he's taking, you know, and what they do and the side effects and everything. And I just had to laugh that, that these. This, this nurse is like, no, don't take that. <laughs> you could go bill. crazy. Don't smoke pot. You might get the munchies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so again, the prosecutor very upset. The issue is ripe in Montana, which is home to the headquarters of the Fully Informed Jury Association, the national group that encourages jurors to nullify laws they believe are unjust. Now, jury nullification never became an issue in the Missoula drug case, as there never was a jury. 
while the prosecutor was wrestling with, or the judge, excuse me, was wrestling with what to do during a recess, the defendant actually agreed to accept a conviction on a felony count of distribution of his one sixteenth of an ounce of dangerous drugs. Ridiculous. We'll tell you more about what happened here to him in a moment. It's Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We can do the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And uh, don't forget, you can help support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. To get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options, we just ask you for three bucks a month. You can enjoy all the features on the website without ponying up. But if you like what we're doing and you want to help us get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom, ideas like jury nullification, then uh, pony up three bucks a month. It makes We make it easier. Go to, uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to know about SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. See their banner at the top of our website at freetalklive.com. So 800-259-9231 is the number. Maybe you've got a jury nullification story you would like to tell us, a success story, hopefully. We're talking about the L.A. Times actually writing a feature story, feature article about jury nullification, mentioning the fully informed jury association. This is great news. The word's getting out. People are going to learn that they have the right to say not guilty If they disagree with the law itself, it doesn't matter if you caught that guy with a truckload of marijuana and he was in the driver's seat at the time. It doesn't matter. If you think pot should be legal, you can say not guilty. You can nullify the law. Right. You know, and people really have to ask themselves, if if you don't think this is right, what's the point in a jury? If the judge, I mean, a, a judge can handle whether or not somebody broke the law. What's the point in a jury of your peers if it isn't for the jury to decide whether or not you've done something wrong, not mm. just that you've broken the law, but that you've done something wrong. Right. It's a check on the government's lawmaking abilities. Right. Well, the, they, are, they are the representatives, I guess, of the community that would have to pay to incarcerate you. And they're making that decision. Are you incarceratable from uh, you know, a community standard? So, according to the LA Times, uh, jury nullification never became an issue in the Missoula case where a man was, uh, they were unable to actually try a guy because the jurors kept saying in advance during the jury selection, there were so many jurors that were not willing to even 
go forth because they didn't feel like they could convict this guy. They didn't know about jury nullification. Otherwise, they might have kept their mouths shut. Um, but it, anyway, what ended up happening was the the judge goes out of court during a recess. And then in the meantime, the poor guy that was on trial actually accepts a a plea deal. So he accepted conviction on a felony count of distribution for one sixteenth of an ounce of dangerous drugs. Now, of course, pot isn't dangerous. Uh, pot is a plant, and it's probably one of the safest uh, known to man. But nonetheless, he was well, sentenced to 20 years with 19 years suspended to run concurrently with a sentence on another conviction for conspiring to set up a robbery at a casino. Okay, so the guy's certainly no angel. Uh, but, you know, certainly he didn't hurt anybody with the pot thing, so he shouldn't be convicted for that. You know, um, I, I think that pot is relatively harmless when you compare it to other mind-altering substances. It has a certain level of harm. I mean, you know, when you're talking about it, it, it can cause some people, some people that have uh, psychotic episodes, you know, they're prone to psych, uh, psychosis to, you know, f- kick that off or something like that. But it's extraordinarily rare. And if you compare it to something like alcohol or tobacco, which are legal, you'd find that it is, in, 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 in comparison, it is virtually harmless. The judge, who is a former prosecutor, uh, said he voted. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> he actually said he voted for Montana's medical marijuana initiative back in 2004, which has become highly controversial, in part because its beneficiaries have become so numerous. More than 12,000 residents hold cards entitling them to use the drug for sometimes doubtful medicinal purposes. The judge says, my personal view, I think for the most part we should legalize marijuana and be done with it, because I think it's created way more havoc and trouble than it's worth. But when you get some guy like Cornell that just comes and rubs it in your face, the, what he's referring to is apparently this guy, Cornell, the man that took the plea bargain, uh, was apparently being complained about by his neighbors because he's, he was brazen uh, with his drug dealing. So that's what the judge, uh, judge was alluding to there by suggesting that he was rubbing it in people's faces i'm not sure what it means to be brazen about drug dealing i'm not sure either um i think that if you're making you know you're making yourself a nuisance to your neighbors that that's a very bad idea if you have people in and out all times of day and night they're partying Mm -hmm. in the the street things like that that's very very bad okay i see where you're coming from mark and and that makes sense um but let's point out though that if marijuana were actually legal you wouldn't have people dealing it from their houses anymore. It'd be at the corner pretty un- store. Yeah, pretty unlikely. I mean, how many people are selling bath- uh, bathtub gin out their front door? How many people are selling beers to people out of their homes and having people coming all day and all night uh, to get a six-pack? Doesn't happen. Back to freedom and what we would do with our liberty. I would love to have a little store that sells things that makes to make people feel good. So I could compete with Western medicine and things like that. Like I could, I could give them valerian root teas to help them sleep and I could give mm-hmm. them marijuana to, you know, well, you have health food things. stores now. Yes, but I would sell them, you know, actually valerian root isn't really, um, isn't really sold. Uh, isn't marketed as well as it could be mm. as, as a sleep aid and things like that. And people like like maybe you are in the know, but um, most people don't realize that it's the it's the basis for Valium. You know? No, I don't. I didn't know that. I never heard of it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about like a health food store with pot. Yes, yeah. where I could you know I could use all of my my wife's uh, tales you know sort of remedies home remedies mm-hmm. to um 
to heal people and everything, including marijuana. So yeah, I, I would be excited to sell it and not in my house and, and, but in a little cute store with a little storefront sign above it. Yeah. That's one of those things you just can't do today. A boutique. And, and, you know, speaking of, um, well, you know, Mark, we're talking about neighbors and being upset by people coming and going. We actually live, or Mark, you don't live here, but you're close. I live in Keene, New Hampshire. It's a nice little town. Well, they call it a city, but it's a really small city or a really big town, whichever way you want to look at it. And one of the cool things about Keene is that there are these little neighborhood stores where you can be in most sections of, the, of Keene and you're not usually more than a few streets away from some kind of corner market that literally is a house in a neighborhood. I mean, it's it's it was a converted at some time yeah. prior to the, uh, the 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 local politicians deciding that uh, you know nothing could be done without being on a in a storefront. Somebody had this you know idea of opening up a little store a, in a house, and right. they just just converted basically a house into stores, and they're extraordinarily useful. They're um, very convenient. Yeah, they, I mean, you know, sometimes when I'm on the way and I want a candy bar or something like that, mm-hmm. I'll just stop off at the uh, local Elm Street store. You or don't whatever eat it is. candy bars; you're on a diet. Mark. Yeah, I don't eat them, but uh, you or know, uh, you know, the fact that I eat them. I imagine it significantly cuts down on drunk driving because people can actually go and walk. Walk or whatever to the get themselves to the store without getting behind the wheel of a car because it's it's so convenient. But I brought it up simply because it is a place that actually has folks coming and going at, at all hours. I mean, they don't they don't run through the overnight, but they some of them I think run till eleven or, or twelve at night. I don't um, think you can sell alcohol after eleven forty five. No, you cannot. But you could still have an open convenience store after that that time. You could, but you uh, but beer is your money maker when it comes to uh, no doubt about that. So you'd want to probably close it at, uh, at at midnight or something like that. But my point being, how do you think those neighbors feel about those stores being there? I think the stores have been there for so long mm-hmm. that it doesn't really matter anymore. Oh, so they get to choose whether or not they live that nearby a convenience store or not. Well, somebody didn't get to choose, though, right? I mean, right. When, when there was a certain time at which that convenience store opened up, and then everybody who was in that area, they didn't know there was going to be a convenience store next to them, and then all of a sudden there was a convenience store. Is that wrong? Is it wrong? Yeah. No. I mean, at the at the time, you know, it's the sort of zeitgeist that was going on. It was um, understood that people would do business out of their homes, and I think that you're going to find America converting back to that because it's just so remarkably expensive to do to storefronts. Yeah. yeah, storefronts. I mean, people living above their businesses makes sense from a monetary standpoint, and so I think mm-hmm. you're going to see more of it. As uh, as you know, the the chickens come home to roost um, in an economic sense. I mean, you know, uh, the fact is the politicians have nearly bankrupt this yeah. country. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for the community. It's a good thing for an individual to run a business from their home. Uh, and for those people that are so uppity that they don't want to see cars going in and out of a nearby property at a certain time of night, go ahead and move into a deed restricted neighborhood. That's the market solution to that problem. It's not to call the cops and complain because somebody's selling pot uh, out their front door at night. It's to get your butt off, you know, get off your duff and go and uh, take action and do what you need to do for your own sake to or live in a kind of place peaceful, you want. Uh relationship with your neighbor where maybe between five and seven they're closed or something so you can have a nice dinner alone with your family. Maybe, whatever. but if that doesn't work out, you're going to have to move. More come up. Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something 
seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And by the way, coming up tonight, your chance to win a two-pack of the Tota Sack. So stay tuned for that. Uh, though if you're in Indianapolis listening us, uh, to us on WXNT, sorry, but you won't be able to win because you're not listening live. Uh, but this week, thanks to WXNT for featuring us on their morning show as their regular morning host, Abdul, uh, takes the... Uh, takes the week off for the holidays, so we are in. And by the way, uh, WXNT listeners in Indy, you'll be able to hear us every single weeknight starting, I believe, on January 24th from 8 to 10 at night, which is way cool because we've been doing Saturday nights there for something like five years. And so it's great to finally have a chance to entertain uh, you guys six nights a week there in Indy. All right, so 800-259-9231 is our number. If you're in Indy, you can call us uh, tonight and hear yourself the next morning after 7 o'clock at night Eastern Time. Uh, so we'll continue here. Take your phone calls about what you want. Scott is on the line in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on with Ian, Michelle, and Mark on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, Merry Christmas, I'm Mark and Ian. How are you? Scott the oh, bigot. Wait, it's, it's you, the whoa, you whoa, 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 whoa. You said Merry Christmas, Mark and Ian, and mm. they're not Christians. I'm the Christian, and you didn't tell me Merry Christmas. He doesn't like women. Uh, that's why. Oh, no, I, 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 I forgot your name. I Michelle. Your Michelle. Name. Michelle, Merry Christmas to you, too. Thank you. Scott, do you not like women, though? I mean, am I right about that? Are you uh, I'm not a homosexual them? by any means, but I'm going to tell you. You asked me a question. I find women uh, too, uh, too, uh, too, too forceful, too, uh, too overbearing. All women? Uh, women, yeah. All, not, no, all women? Uh, many of them, and, uh, and, and, and the other ones, are, are a lot of them are lesbians. Tell Every, me about your mother, Scott. <laughs> my, my, my mom, my mom uh, is, is disabled, that you ask. Uh, I love her very much. Uh, she, uh, she's, uh, she's had a hard life, and uh, she's taught me that uh, what I, a lot of the ideas that I have uh, gotten, that's not to mean that she uh, is responsible for my bigotry, but uh, I was going I, to ask. Did she, so? She had nothing to do with teaching you uh, how to hate. Uh, I learned that marketing and from the world. Uh, the it's been a cruel world for me. Uh, I'm not looking for a sob story, boohoo for me. But uh, I'm sure you. <clears throat> it's been a very cruel world, and. Uh, I'm not trying to change the subject. But I I apo- yeah, I apologize. You know, uh, Scott, we hadn't heard from you for a while. I wanted to make sure we kind of introduced you to uh, to new listeners. Uh, you're the probably the the most consistently bigoted person that's ever called the show. But you've always managed to be somebody who can actually carry on a discussion. And you know, from that perspective, I, I appreciate that. So, what were you calling about tonight? You know, uh, you caught my attention with uh, with with pot laws and all of this. Let me tell you something. I, if it was up to me, I would make it legal. 
uh, and I'll tell you why. Because when I see these scumbags in our government, these high officials, working for condoning what the CIA does to murder other officials in other countries, phony wars where our young men get butchered and killed like Iraq and Afghanistan, it is a crime. They should be locked up in prison, not persecuting. Joseph Stalin, I'm sure you're very familiar with Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin had a very famous saying. I'm sure you've heard it. It's, this is what Joseph Stalin said. Uh, one, death is a, is a, one death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. What he means by that, the smaller the crime, the greater the time. And the greater the crime, the smaller the time. Government should get off the people's back. Look at these Wall Street bankers. Yes, a lot of them are Jews that have stolen trillions of dollars from the American people, Goldman Sachs and Bear Stearns. And they should leave people who want a pot. It's a harmless drug. Leave them alone. If the government wants Have you to ever go- met a Jew that you actually liked, Scott? I mean, it's, it's like you can't go more than five sentences without attacking Jewish people. I swear there hasn't been a single phone call in which you haven't attacked them in some way, because where you've been able I, to go on for more than a minute. Because I, I see the harm that's been done in this country, boys coming home with no legs. It's because of the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. APAC and other Jewish and Zionist groups. I no, I'm pe- pretty sure it's because of the uh, the U.S. federal government and the people within it, uh, specifically the president, uh, the man that calls himself the president, and the, you think people he's Jewish? That, the people that call themselves representatives. I mean, they're full of all kinds of different people of different colors and, uh, and different uh, religious beliefs. Our government is horrible. I wish I could see, see the overthrow of the U.S. government. I hate this government. That I'll tell well, you why, why not I hate put it. the blame where? I mean, it, I don't like hating things. I try not to be angry. Well, let's put and it this way. Why not put the blame where it belongs? Then Scott, it's not some sort of Jewish conspiracy. It's right out in the open. A bunch of uh, people in Washington D.C., men and women, who think they know what's best for you, telling you what to do. It's. I'll tell you what needs to be done. It, cutting out all the double talk. First of all, we need to get out of the United Nations. Let's get out of the UN. Charity begins at home. Number two, this is why and Scott. Let's is, get the United Nations out of of New York. That's right. This is why it's so difficult to Shut talk it to down. Scott because, like, <laughs> we agree on some things, right? Yes, and I can then see that. he's also a bigot. So mm. I want nothing to do with the guy, right? But <laughs> go ahead, Scott. Well, Scott, are I, you by chance? Are either one of your parents uh, Jewish of Jewish no, descent? No. 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 Catholic. Uh, Protestant. Mm. Go ahead, ask more questions of Scott because, uh, I mean, if you've got more, I thought that was the first one about his mom was a great question. That just, that's a question that you and I, Mark, have never <laughs> asked him. Like over the, well, the couple years that he's been calling. And actually, it feels like it's been a year at least since you've called the show, Scott. It's, it probably has. It's yeah. interesting that he, he does not like women, uh, as he says, because they're forceful. I tend to be rather brazen and forceful, mm-hmm. but I think I'm really feminine, so I don't, you know, I don't really totally. know where I fit. You're in- a painted Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Scott, uh, do you have a girlfriend? Uh, no, I, I, I never found anyone, or let me put it this way, I've never gone after women. I always was hoping that they would go after me. Oh, 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 you are such a hypocrite. You don't want them, you want them to go after you, but you don't want women to be aggressive and forceful. <laughs> Hello? That's different. If they want to come and ask me, but uh, women have never... Uh, 
not one woman. She just nailed really you on that one, Scott. <laughs> no, it's not different. Scott, I want you to take me out to dinner. I would like you to bring me flowers. I prefer lilies over roses. I want you to open my door. I want you to take me out to a yummy dinner. I would like you to order everything that we're going to eat that night. And then I want you to take me home and screw oh, boy. me silly. <laughs> Is that too forceful? Oh, I, uh, I Is that too aggressive? Say, uh, well, Should I uh, not have told you that I wanted lilies? If you showed an interest in me, you know, the women today that I have seen that, frankly, uh, have either been uh, very stupid or the women that I have seen uh, have nothing in common with, or I've met women that have just been downright cruel to me. So basically, I've just uh, washed my hands. of. Is it possible that you're getting out of the universe what you put into it? Uh, I know you're going to think of that. Uh, I look at it this way. Uh, The reason why I have the mind frame as I do is because, which I don't want to get graphic on the air, I've had a lot of uh, knocks in life, and I know everyone has. There's people that have, whatever you have, had problems. But what I'm saying is is that uh, it's made me very bitter. Uh, it's made me uh, filled with hate. And uh, that's why when I deal with people, I basically just like to deal with them with transactions, go to a bank, a grocery store, uh, by and large, because uh, that So way do you feel like you're going to die with hate filling your heart, Scott? Probably, I probably will. Why, why would you just accept that? Uh, I'd accept it because uh, that's how badly uh, injured I feel. And, how and why, are, why do you feel so injured? Uh, different uh, traumas that happened. I'd rather well, I've had some traumas happen to me in my time. I mean, I've had some, some pretty serious you know, injuries, uh, physical and you know, maybe some mental as well. Um, but I've moved on and I've forgiven and uh, I don't believe in forgiveness. Forgiveness is key. That is the key. It well, absolutely that's is. That's easier, easier said than done. You know, I, forgiveness I, isn't for the other person. It's for you. It when is you forgive easier. someone, it's for you. It's really not for them. Well, I don't. Uh, I, I have found that people uh, basically, by and large, uh, only want you for what they can get from you. Scott, they thanks for the call. You. I uh, appreciate the negative view of the universe. <laughs> and uh, we'll, tell, we'll come back and talk more about it here in a moment. But I want to make sure that we get the totus acts out there. And if you want to comment on Scott or whatever, you're certainly welcome to at 800-259-9231. However, the number you need for the totus acts is different. It's 603-435-1105. If you call in right now, you're going to get a two-pack. Michelle, have you tried yours yet? Totus I acts? told you. I gave you a whole play-by-play. Oh, excellent. Good. I don't remember. <laughs> Thanks. I don't remember what I did you yesterday. You don't listen. You're DQ'd, too. All right. <laughs> you dial that number, and you might just win a two-pack of the Totasac. Somebody will win it. Maybe it'll be you. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever you'd like. That's the point of the program. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free. 
So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, we are here courtesy of, of the uh, the Free State Project. Well, to some extent. Uh, we were here before the Free State Project sponsored the show, but they have been a longtime sponsor of this program, and we supported the Free State Project from before they actually sponsored the show. So it's not like we're supporting them because they sponsored us. We actually moved to New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. The three of us here on the show tonight are here uh, as a result of the existence of the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. It's a group of liberty-minded people that love freedom so much they're willing to move to pick up their lives and move to a new place around all new people that most of them probably never met before in their lives mm-hmm. and uh, and settle down and achieve liberty in our lifetime through whatever means necessary that are peaceful of course and it's been an amazing movement so far i'm glad to uh, to have been a, to be a part of it and it just keeps getting better as more people move here and get their ideas into the mix get their experience their activism in uh, into the mix here and it's great go to freestateproject.org to learn more about what's happening that's freestateproject.org and before we continue with your phone calls i did want to con- uh, I, I did want to focus on something that scott the bigot said at the very end of his phone call in talking about why he's filled with hate and why he's angry at the world and and why he doesn't like people and uh, you pointed something out, Michelle, during the break, and I wanted to make sure we talked about it on the air because uh, it's always best when we do these things on the air rather than doing them twice. Uh, but you were talking about how, on one hand, Scott the Bigot pointed out that he likes to – like he just wants to do transactions with people. That's all. He doesn't want to have anything more than just to buy something and to get something and to you know, exchange one thing for another with, uh, with somebody else. And that's the furthest that he wants to have an interaction with other human beings because he hates them. He hates all people and blah, blah, blah. And then on the other hand, at the very end of his phone call, he makes a statement about that he believes that people only want to deal with you so they can get something out of you. And you pointed out that that's essentially what he said that he does. Absolutely. Which is, at least he's consistent with being hypocritical. (laughs) I mean, good for him. You know, he doesn't want women to be aggressive, but he wants them to initiate uh, you know, relations with him. Yeah. And he only wants to to be uh, involved in transactions with people, not actually risking intimate intimacy. But yet he um, thinks that all people want is something from one another. And so is that what people really want, Michelle? I mean, is you here to get something from me tonight? I always get something from you, Ian. <laughs> Well, I think I think that it's it's true that everybody this is like I think this is this is a truism that everybody deals with uh, every person they deal with. They deal with because they want to get something out of the relationship. I think that mature people are better at this than others. I'll use uh, I'll use my wife as an example. I didn't marry my wife because I want to do good things for her. I married her because she's a good match for me, and, and the, you know things in her personality match mine, and mm-hmm. that we're you know together. Uh, we are. I am better together with her than I am. The apart. sum is greater than the parts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I did that for a selfish reason. It works and it's good. Ian, as nice of a guy as you are, I wouldn't be hanging out with you if it wasn't for the radio show. You know, I want to build a business that, uh, you know, provides for my family, provides for everybody. Everybody who listens to it gives something so that it gets something. I think that all of life is about that, even if what you're giving 
is uh, you're, you're giving in order to you know do it selflessly. You're trying to get this that good feeling that comes from the uh, the selfless act. Well, well, I think what matters, and you're right, your observation is correct. But I think what matters and what's different between maybe us and Scott is how you approach that giving and taking the reciprocal uh, relationships. Like when we're talking about human relationships on a on a uh, you know physical uh, couples kind of level. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Like you, you find somebody that you enjoy being around, that you feel good when you're with that person, and you want that person to feel good when they're with you. And so it's in your best interest to ensure that, you know, things are going as well as they possibly can and that, uh, that you communicate and that, that, that things are going good and that you are feeling good and, and she is feeling good or your partner is feeling good. And so things will continue to progress on from there. I mean, that's that's a healthy way to approach that as opposed to saying, well, that that woman, that bitch is just trying to get something out of me. And she's a gold digger. And, uh, you know, just kind of coming at it from a very negative perspective of looking at everybody as trying to take from you rather than looking at everybody as an opportunity where you can create something together. Okay, but let's let's be honest about something. Um, Our society has changed so dramatically in the last hundred years. Okay, Um, even. My mother, who owns the same house that I grew up in, um, she had to have her father sign on the mortgage as well as when she bought a car. Even though she was paying for it entirely, she had to have a man's signature. Mm-hmm. Now, she had been married and divorced twice at this point. She you know, had a master's degree. She traveled all over. She had a job. Needed you know. a man. She had to have a man sign her um, her paperwork. Uh, even when I went and bought a truck, I guess it was about 15 years ago, I was paying cash, and they wanted to know where my husband was so that he could tell you know make sure that that was the right one. I said, "Why would I need my husband to tell me if it was the right truck?" And they said, "Well, it's for him, right?" I said. No, it's for me. So, I mean, you know, that, that little bit well, right there. Well, that's an assumption. I mean. Okay, yes. But um, so, so those are, you know, irritations and things. But to go farther back, further back, men and women needed each other in a way that they don't necessarily need each other now. I mean, um, women were the homemakers and took care of the children and men were the providers and et cetera. And, you know, you didn't dare leave your man because how else were you going to be provided for? If your parents were gone, that was it. You couldn't go get a job. And the man, you know, he didn't know the first thing about baking bread and who was going to tend the children. So he needed a woman. And so I think that when those roles were, you know, defined in that way, I'm thinking that it was, it must have been easier to, to, you know, value someone in what they have to offer and what you have to offer and look at it a little bit in a more utilitarian fashion. Yeah. But without without the negative con- connotation yeah. of, well, she just wants me for my wallet. Well, you know? I, I, I think that I think that somebody who, um, you know, approaches any relationship I, I'm um, there and, and with that sort of, well, they want something from me or that what am really I going to get a victim that they're, you know, that they're, you know, a they're they're the person that try it's trying and actually to trying to get something from someone else, but they're just sort of, uh, you know, playing into this whole victimhood um, mm-hmm. scenario. How's that they this have person going to screw me? Right. The fact is, everybody <laughs> wants something from you in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants something from you. So, yes, they're trying to get something from you. Hopefully, if you treat them well, they're, what they're trying to get from you is the good experience of hanging around you. 
1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. I like to ask the questions, how can I help this person get what they want? Because I know that eventually, you know, if I help people get what they want, they're going to help me get what I want. 1-800-259-9231. So it just depends how you approach that situation. Uh, you can bring up whatever you want and share your thoughts. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken their validated photo or video and uh, sent it over to us to show that they are indeed listeners of this program, and uh, we appreciate that. So head on over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see it, and if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become a Free Talk Live Shriner at shrine.freetalklive.com. So how does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? It isn't a cru- this cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you want to make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a lot more. There'll certainly be some speeches and some debates. The ship leaves from Bayonne, New Jersey um, in November 2011, but you need to reserve your berth now. The, the, currently, it's $535 double occupancy. It's likely or possible that those rates will go up over time, and... Certainly not everybody on this boat is going for this uh, Liberty Cruise, so the the bursts could sell out. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. And for the people who have signed up, thank you very much. All right. Uh, Let's go to your thoughts, your calls. Dennis is in Alabama in Huntsville listening to WBHP. Hello, Dennis. Hello there. Yeah, I'm just listening to a little bit of that uh, relationship stuff. Uh, I've had a few people that I thought were friends turned out not to be friends and had a lot of the backstabbing in my life and everything. But I, I just finally reached the point where I'm very, very cautious, you know, very, very careful. And I try not to uh, express my ambitions anymore because it seems like every time I tell somebody that I think is a friend what I want to do, they go behind my back, backstab me and screw me up. You know, so, so I'm well, just certainly, right now, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like a hermit right now. I just, being very, I don't hate anybody. I'm just very, very cautious. Yeah, I can understand. I can understand that. But to be fair, weren't you the same guy who called in a while back and told us about how at one point you were selling drugs? 
allegedly? No, not me. No? Right? Okay. Not me, no. I apologize. Because <laughs> I was going to say, if you're in that lifestyle, then, yeah, your odds of encountering less than honest people uh, do increase to it some happen, extent. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can I can see how that could probably, you know, th- that could be very difficult. It could kind of whittle away at your your belief in humanity and, and goodness of uh, people if you've been screwed over by uh, by enough folks. And, and I can understand wanting to withdraw from the world as a result of that. I, I don't blame you. For feeling that yeah, like way. I said, I'm just being very, very careful. But another thing is, you guys were talking about, like you bring up rogue cops a lot. Now, lawsuits, uh, some people would talk about lawsuits. But my recommendations, because I had a bad experience myself, local attorneys are not necessarily a good idea. Because when I lived in Jacksonville, Florida, I, I had to open and shut ironclad case on the JPD down there. And I went to the biggest lawyer in town. And then he, he really loved the case. Yet a week later, he tells me, I don't have a case. Well, I do a little investigating and find out that he just got threatened and retaliation and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so that blew that right there. So I recommend anybody wants to go for that to look at out of state. And also there's this guy, perhaps you you guys have heard of it, this guy in Los Angeles, California. He specializes in suing cops. Hmm. And I, I forget his name and all, but they say he's really, really good at it. Hmm. So that's certainly so a dangerous trade, and you're right. There's, there's a, a lot of – in a lot of places, lawyers are afraid to go after the police because they know the cops could target them. And they, they know the cops can be violent and dangerous and scary, and they, they don't want their family to get caught up in that, and they'd rather just stay away from those sorts of cases. Dennis, uh, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So to go back to the beginning part of his call uh, with the idea that he's been screwed over, that hurts. It hurts when somebody screws you over. So how do you move past that? How do you, you know, have those things happen to you in your, in your life? As he said, he's becoming a hermit as a result of that, being very cautious about the people that he meets. How do, how do you get, get past that? My daughter, uh, Aziza, has very healthy boundaries, and um, I haven't always. And so I was very surprised to raise her and find that she does. And um, so I kind of, you know, bounce things off of her from time to time and and. Basically, when I reflect back on the times when I've been screwed over, I would say that a good portion of those were were situations where I just did not exercise, you know, very good discretion. And mm-hmm. um, and there was some responsibility that I had in that transaction or that situation. And there were a few times in my life where I was clearly a a victim. Like, absolutely, I was victimized. And that sucks. It's, it sure does. And I agree with your general statement, though. I mean, in a lot of cases, you, you do have to kind of live and learn and make mistakes mm-hmm. and, and realize that, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have loaned that friend $3,000 because now he's decided that your friendship wasn't worth it and right. uh, you, know, you don't have the money anymore. Right. The th- suddenly the 3000 know, th- wow, that friendship wasn't, isn't worth $3,000. I'm just not going to pay back. Yeah, so there's certain boundaries that I think are appropriate to have and certain incentives that uh, one might grant toward a friend that uh, they shouldn't necessarily. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it makes uh, perfect sense. I think that you need to create, you know, you you create boundaries um, that that work well in life, little rules. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that you never break these rules, but, you know, little rules that work well for you and and you stick with those and then you 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 be open with people up to that point. And yeah, like don't let your 
friend that smokes crack have your bank account information. That that kind of thing. It's See, a good now I've rule. done stuff like that before, you know, and I've kind of entered into situations where I had this idea of I'll trust anyone about anything until they screw me over. Mm, and that didn't then, work out, huh? That's not very wise. Or better it's not yet, very savvy at all. If you know your friends smoke crack, you probably shouldn't hang out with them anymore because even if they like you and are friendly with you, there's a certain change that happens to uh, people when they do hard drugs that uh, like crack or, or meth. It's really tough, to, uh, where, you know, when you have to make that decision between this thing that feels like it's going to keep you alive, this such this you know so important activity, which is doing drugs, and the friendship that you have, and and you know the the fact is. Hard drug users have a really bad reputation when it comes to uh, you know their friendships and how they treat people that are close to them. Well, my former girlfriend uh, Julia, we were talking about the these you know types of people and, and their stories and and what they've been. She's been watching some documentaries about them, and the ones that are the most responsible, the the drug addicts that are the most responsible, will leave. They will leave their parents' home or whatever. They will get out of the homes of the, the people they care about because they know they're going to steal. They know who they become. They realize what they're doing, but they can't stop themselves from doing it. And the only way they can stop themselves from stealing from the people they care about is to, 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 to remove themselves from their lives. I mean, I realize we've gone off on a tangent here about drug users, but I think a lot of cases when people are getting screwed over, money is involved. Mm-hmm. And frequently when money is involved, you know, a lot of times I think you're going to find that habits are involved as well. Money's a representation of your life. You spent time accumulating that. You, you worked at a job hour after hour after hour to gain the money that you've had there. And so if somebody screws you over on money... It, it could be very difficult. I had a situation where I had a friend who, uh, you know, we were in business and I did not feel he handled things properly. And I finally, you know, this was tens of thousands of dollars. I finally had to decide for myself, look, hating this guy isn't going to bring this money back. Mm-hmm. Being upset with him isn't going to do that. I can be friends with the guy. I can set boundaries for um, our relationship. One of those boundaries is you don't go into business with that person. But uh, you know, I, I, what I can't do is get the money back. I can be mean to him if I want. Mm-hmm. I can hate him. I could be upset. But I can't get the money back. I've got decisions. Like I can, I get to choose how I live my life. But what the reality is, the money's gone. He doesn't have it. I don't have it. It's gone. You're likely never going to see uh, any of it again. Yeah. So if he wants to, you know, if I want to try to get, you know. Uh, cajole and beat him into a scenario where he's going to say, well, I'll do anything. I'll try to pay you back $10 a week for the next um, lifetime. Yeah, yeah, the lifetime. You know, what's really the point of that? Do I want to spend my time trying to collect that $10? Because you know that that's just a token, and at some point or another, he's going to give up on it. I mean, that's just the way people are going to be. Your thoughts are welcome. 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak in here the remaining moment of the show. uh, Coming up here in just a bit, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, and that's why we call it Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free in the remaining moments here, 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com where we give you all kinds of stuff for free and in return you give us your visit. See, it's one of those relationship things that we were talking about uh, earlier. You said that so sexy, too. Well, that was really sexy. <laughs> Uh, so free talk. I didn't think talking about a website could be sexy, but uh, anyway, you can go and enjoy we it. We give you something for free. Enjoy for free <laughs> at freetalklive.com. It will pleasure you, hopefully. <laughs> Mark, tell me about another great website. Dear God, this is going off the rails. Freedoms Phoenix. <laughs> Freedoms Phoenix. <laughs> Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of Freedoms Exposing, Fe- that kind of sounds yeah. sexy. Freedomsphoenix.com readers get every Uncovering. Day. <laughs> That's kind of sexy, too. Who writes this stuff? And they all get screwed. Uh, Ernest Hancock wrote this. Yeah, he doesn't do much for me. Oh, I like the guy. Go ahead, say something about Hancock. <laughs> oh, readers, oh, of, did... <laughs> readers of Freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lines. Even Michelle didn't go to that one, Mark. <laughs> what? I, I'm, I'm just, just saying. Oh, I, what are you saying? You're the guy that was in jail for Yeah, I was <laughs> Between the lines of, God, I can't even go any farther. <laughs> uh, uh, go to she can. Further. Go, go to com. It's a great website. I get most of my show prep from there, at least a good deal of it. Um, he spent, Michelle. we got to move on. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Uh, let's go to the phones and the fun. Ed is in Tennessee. And, Ed, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. How you gentlemen doing? And that. Nice sounding lady. Hello. Just super, Ed. Hey, What's on your mind tonight? I'm the opposite opposite of that disgruntled caller, uh, Michelle, so I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> All right. Uh, go for okay, it. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, hey, plea bargains at his mental torture. Y'all agree? I th- I don't know that it's I, – I, well, you could make your point on it being mental torture. I'm completely against plea bargains because I think that what they prov- that they don't provide anybody with anything good. They don't provide the victim with justice. They don't pro- provide the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the guy, the perpetrator with justice. They usually provide the system You're with right. money, though. Mm-hmm. All they, yeah, all, they are, all they're good for are prosecutors and uh, police officers and people that and, – and jailers and the system. They're yes, only good for the system. Go ahead. Hey, can I run some good quotes by y'all sure. real right. quick, and then I'll get off here. I hey, love and, y'all. And Michelle, Michelle, you were exactly right about forgiveness, what you told that guy. I hope that guy thinks about, about that. You've got to forgive because all it does is help you. You ought to read that book, Tall Cotton. Okay, I'll go on with my quotes. Alexander Hamilton, jurors should acquit even against the judge's instruction, if exercising their judgment with discretion and honesty, they have a clear conviction the charge of the court is wrong. Hmm. Thomas yep. Jefferson, I consider trial by jury as on, as the only anchor yet imagined by man by which a government can be held to the principles of its constitution. Which is John precisely Adam. why they've attempted to destroy uh, jury nullification by right. the, telling people it doesn't exist, or you know, pretending like it doesn't I, I, exist. I meant to tell you that you know that they had a whole page in Time magazine. I think it was editorial about a year or so ago talking about jury nullification. If you get on drug uh, cases, let them go. Is exactly what it said. But uh, listen, like I said, uh, and Mark made some good point. The function of justice is to serve truth. The emphasis on truth protects the innocent. And this is something I wish y'all would talk about a little bit sometime. 
remember the old legal maxim, the ancient maxim, it were better to acquit 20 that are guilty than to condemn one innocent. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. Okay, I'll talk to y'all later. Thanks, Ed. Okay. Great stuff. Appreciate the uh, – he called with some quotes recently, too, and they were very good. Mm-hmm. He is the quote guy. 1-800-259-9231. Quotes are, uh, you know, they're, they're interesting. People find them uh, to be very persuasive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I like quotes – it's difficult to uh, to get them exactly right and everything. You can kind of fumble going for it, but I, I think they're good. I you know I don't know why it is. It's, well, he prepared clearly. It's, it's, right, and it was nice to hear a y'all. <laughs> I haven't heard a y'all for a while. I think the quotes are. Would you just, prefer I talk to you that way? I can affect that. Uh, <laughs> sometimes when I'm around uh, Southern people, I can affect the you know the uh, the accent to some extent. Oh y'all. And, yeah y'all. I, I'll start peppering my vocabulary with y'alls more uh, more frequently. But you actually came up here from Tennessee, so that's where I Ed did. was calling from. I so. did. A little taste of home. I think that quotes are basically ar- argumentum ad antiquium, you know, the, the idea that something is right because it's old. You've got the Latin going, that's impressive. Well, that's the, I, you know, I, I, I did preface it with, the, or, you know, uh, not preface it, but uh, well, epi- epilogue it with the uh, English. I don't think that's that's argument uh, antiquitum or whatever, because uh, it's not necessarily the case that the person's right with the quote. But um, also, in the case of a quote, you're just saying you're using somebody else's quote because you believe they say it better than you can. That's all. I, I think that's true, but I think that part of it, a part of the quote is is that this is some old dead guy said this, and it's important because well, he did. Well, isn't it possible the person could still be alive and sure, be quoted? Sure, there's, there's some out there. Uh, Ron Paul's getting uh, quoted, uh, get, getting credited with the George Orwell quote, um, and uh, shoot. Oh, what's old is new again, Mark. <laughs> um, that uh, the in, in the empire of lies, the, you know, the truth, truth is, is tre- heresy or something? Truth yeah. is treason, truth is treason. yeah. yeah. Let's continue with uh, Matt in Illinois on the amp lines. Hello, Matt. Hello, guys. Hey. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Matt. I have a, a question for you. Okay, go. Do you really prefer lilies to roses? <laughs> she sure spit it out pretty quick. I mean, it must be true. Yeah, I love I, I love the fragrance of Casablanca lilies, but I really Casa- so yeah. I like the fragrance of Casablanca lilies. What's a Casablanca? I have, uh, I have, I, I, I'm partial to roses. I, I have a bunch of rose bushes that I was growing in my backyard, mm-hmm. and I, I love raising roses and trying to to get new colors. Do you have? And a, I just I, do you have any of the sterling silver roses that are thornless? No, but that sounds really pretty. Oh yeah, they're really nice. They're like this lavender silvery color and they don't have thorns. I bought a a bush for my daughter when she was little because she'd always cut her hands on on the rose bushes and and uh so yes, those are lovely. How do they survive? You don't like the, you don't like the thorns, huh? I my daughter was I think 5 or 6 at the time and and she didn't like thorns, but um <laughs> Aren't know, thorns a, a defense I don't mechanism? I don't necessarily like to be pricked. Aren't, aren't thorns a defense mechanism? How do the uh, silver roses actually survive without thorns? It, what, didn't they evolve? Didn't thorns evolve to defend against animals and such? I thought it was for most, poetic reasons. Most roses are actually uh, that that you find today have actually been uh, uh, kind of manufactured. They've been crossbred and stuff. Really? Um, yeah. In, in fact, wild roses. If you go out into the forest and you see them, they look nothing like. The, the the full uh, mini petal roses that you you find in in people's gardens and stuff they're just a small little flower and the ones that I know of are just little white flowers they don't look anything like roses you wouldn't know it 
So, so is there? Are, go ahead. Lilies are fun to grow too. Um, do you like lilies when? Do you prefer them in a uh, in an arrangement that go in a vase, or do you like them actually potted? Actually, um, I I do like potted plants, but uh, I like to arrange cut flowers. It's one of my hobbies. I smell something coming at Pork Fest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Hey, that's an idea. Uh-huh. Little, uh, little, little flower competition. Uh, I thought you were just going to get us some flowers. I thought that's what you were working up to. I used to be. No, I used no, to grow I, orchids too. Those are lovely. No, they certainly are. Mm-hmm. Orchids are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the irises. I, I, I really, um, I really like roses. Roses are, are are my favorite to grow, and the bushes and stuff. But. Uh, I, I really like orchids, and and now I live in an apartment. I no longer live in a house, so I'm no longer able to to really uh, garden on oh. my own for my own garden. Could you do I like other people's could, gardens? Could, that's cool. But could you do like your own closet garden, like kind of like people do with pot, except with uh, with orchids and things like that? I well, actually, I have a um, a couple of pots out on the back balcony that I grow uh, herbs in. Where are you? So that I. Illinois. I'm Illinois. In Illinois. Okay, so it's too cold yeah. to grow orchids outside, or in a out, outdoor room. You could do you could do hydroponics no. around well, all year round. You can have your uh, your flowers and stuff, but then you can't really show it off as easily. It's not as it doesn't beautify your yard or anything like that, or the the back porch. And we're about out of time. I appreciate the call tonight, Matt. Appreciate hearing from you. And uh, we're going to bring Ralph Snodsmith on here now, and we'll talk some more. Ralph passed away. He did. That's right. It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, the guy did radio for how many decades? Maybe longer than Paul Harvey. I Managed don't know. to pull off one of these. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a garden show host. It's hard way. to do these gardening shows um, and make them interesting uh, you know just use the last few minutes of this show to, as as proof and you know poppies? they managed to pull it off i <laughs> i don't know um salvia how about that angel trumpets <laughs> angel trumpet uh, story on the news uh, kid uh, uh, thought he saw a monster eating his kid brother in the backyard pool turns out the cops go the kid doesn't have a backyard pool doesn't have a little brother and there was no monster Wow. All right. We're out of time. Back uh, tomorrow night. If you're listening in Indy, call in tonight after 7 p.m. Eastern if you want to talk to us and hear yourself the next morning. See you then. Good night. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed liberty media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.